Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today I have my friend Kelly with us that is going to be part of a Friends of Family Week. And I invited Kelly to come on the show to talk a little bit about her new book, Take Every Thought Captive. So Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's a joy to be with you and the listeners, and I just can't wait to chit-chat. Yeah, yeah. So for just for reference, one of the things that we're doing this week is the Friends of Family Week is we're taking a little bit of a break from our psalm study. So people are kind of listening as they catch up and get caught up on their devotional content. And so one of the things I love about the Psalms is it showcases all of the human emotions that we see throughout the scriptures. And I think one of the things that really resonated with your book with me was just really having the mind of Christ and this idea of exchanging the lies of the enemy. And I wonder if you would just talk about maybe a little bit about that and like your heart behind the book and why you decided to write it. You know, I'm continually amazed, Rachel, that the Lord says, who could understand the thoughts of the Spirit except by God's own Spirit? And he said that it says in 1 Corinthians 11, we have received God's Spirit so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. We are told in 1 Corinthians 11 that we actually have the mind of Christ to understand the very thoughts of God. And this is so mind-baffling, Rachel. I'm like, wow, Lord, we are told in Scripture we can understand your thoughts because we have your mind. And so I'm provoked, and I was provoked, to write this book, Take Every Thought Captive, because I'm thinking, okay, if I'm honest with myself, I far more, Rachel, rely on Kelly Bellari's thoughts, Kelly Bellari's reasons, Kelly Bellari sense, then I do submit my mind and raise my antenna up to the spirit of God, his truth, his thoughts, his direction, his counsel, his wisdom. But there's this grand transaction that can happen if I move from Kelly Bellari-ist, Kelly Bellari-ness, you know, being Kelly Bellari in my thoughts to submitting to the fullness of God's thoughts. There's a whole new world that can open up by that. And so Am I a little bit passionate about this? I think so. <laughs> you know, I love that, though, because one of the reasons we're going through the Psalms right now was because the song book was the hymn book and the prayer book of Jesus and the disciples. And so my thought process in that was if we want to hear Jesus more clearly, how better way to do it than to look at what he was praying and look at the words that he would have internalized in his heart. And and I did get a little bit of pushback because, you know, even just saying that, like, we can know what was on God's heart. We can know what some of his prayers were by studying the Psalms. People, sometimes that blows our minds. And then you're kind of taking that one step further. Like, not only can you know what he was praying, you can know what the mind of God is because of what scripture tells us. 
Right. And the reality is, it's not me taking it one step further. Praise God. The Word of God straight up tells us this. I mean, I think it's pretty mind-blowing that we have this mind of Christ. But the reality is we can see the dichotomy in Scripture where it says you're either going to be live and driven by and controlled by the flesh, or you are going to be guided and led by the Spirit. And it says in Scripture that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. But those who operate in carnal thoughts, which is our own reason, our own sense, our own logic, we are actually hostile towards God, which makes me think of like, if I'm getting hostile, if I was going to get hostile with you, Rachel, I'd be like throwing some punches. I don't want to be hostile to God. I want to be full of his spirit, hearing Jesus, right? And even connected to the Psalms because David was a man after God's own heart. Right, right. You know, I think that it points to just a really important topic that we talk a lot about on the show is really how to discern which thoughts are from the enemy and which thoughts are from God. And I'll tell you, I've worked all over the world and it doesn't matter if I'm in the bush in Africa somewhere or the streets of New York City or in my own little rural Pennsylvania community church. There's a common insecurity that women have, not just women, but I mainly minister to women, but there's this common insecurity that we have where even if they feel like God is telling them something, they have a hard time discerning, is this my own voice? Is this the thought from the enemy? Is this thought from God? And so what would you say are some of the ways that we can discern that? Because that's really the heart of why we even have this podcast is to help women kind of further down that path. Rachel, I love how you're honing in on that. Because in, when we're going through the process of taking thoughts captive to make them obedient to Christ, that is literally one of the steps in the process in which I write about in the book, Take Every Thought Captive. So the way you're honing in on this is so wise. I just thank God for that. Uh, Jesus, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So thoughts from God are always going to provide a way, the truth, and bring life, right? They may bring conviction, redemption, but they'll also have restoration involved. Thoughts of the enemy come to steal our future, kill our life, lead us to sin, destroy us, condemn us, and stop us. I like to think about it like this. Conviction points to restoration that comes through repentance, right? Yes, we may have conviction from God. That is part of it. But how is it different than condemnation? Condemnation, on the other hand, points us to how bad we are even after repentance, right? It's like that cycle that says you're not good enough. Even you've repented, you've made a mistake, you're still not good enough. You're always going to make a mistake. You're never going to be whole. You always do X, Y, and Z. You might as well go to this habit or this sin or this issue. Those are thoughts straight up from the enemy condemnation. But Jesus, on the other hand, speaks to us like this. You know what? You made a mistake. You repented. There's so much grace for you. I am abundant life. I am freedom. I am restoring you. I am renewing you. And so we can tell in our minds, I can tell in my mind, am I self-hating? Am I condemning? Am I believing there's no way? Am I believing there's no hope? Am I believing there's no life? Am I thinking that I've ruined everything? Those are not thoughts from God. Those are thoughts either from two places, one, the flesh or two, the enemy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think one of the things that I always showcase, and it's something that, you know, I picked up from your book as well, is, you know, people will say that I, I have a hard time knowing whether it's God's voice or not. 
But yet we know that like the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. And so what would you say, like, why is God's word so incredibly powerful in changing our ways of thinking? Wow. You know, it says, I'm going to use God's word to answer your question about God's word. It says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay, Rachel, this is another scripture that blows my mind. And really, that's what scripture should do. It should blow our natural carnal mind out of the water so we can live by the spirit mind. Because the reality is, as we're not conforming to the patterns of the world or the thoughts of this world or the visions that we see on social media or what other people are telling us or what the past says about us or the shame that wants to cling on to us or what happened at work yesterday is we're not conforming all that. We're out of that pattern. But then we come into the word of God. His word is so powerful. It's more powerful than a double-edged sword. It will cut us to the cutting and breaking the soul and the marrow and literally discerning the desires of our heart and rewiring us that our whole mind is getting rewritten, renewed. Our neurons are refiring. God is healing us in the insides of our mind. And then it doesn't end there. This is the part that's so amazing. We then get a gifting of being able to test and approve what God wants us to do because our mind is reformed and refashioned we can see that and with greater clarity, it's like the blinders, the veils and the scales. I call them veils and scales get taken off our eyes that we can see in our life more easily without all the confusion, what is good, what is perfect and what is pleasing for his will for our lives. And so the word of God, it's not only the sword of the spirit, which cuts us, but it also says in Jeremiah, God's word is like a fire. It can literally burn down any issue in front of us, and it's a hammer, and it can break down strongholds and take down the things which are coming against us. So the more that we're getting in God's word and God's word is getting into us, the more all the things that are blocking us and surrounding us are taken down to minute levels, and we see the heights of our God rather than the lengths of our problem, and everything changes in how we confront life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. That's so powerful. You know, one of the things that comes up all the time, it's even come up this week in in the Family and Friends Week, is the mentality I think a lot of women have when it comes to the area of control. And one of the things you talk about in the book is how we are quick to react to situations that are out of our control. I think because of the fact so many women are used to, you know, we're we're running things for our kids and we're running our homes and we're planning dinner and we, you know, all the things filter through the, usually the wife or the mom or the woman in the home. And that's what a lot of our, our, I think our listeners really, that's the role that they play. And so I was wondering if you can kind of speak to some of the practical godly ways that we can respond when things happen that are outside of our control. Because I think really what happens for a lot of women, myself included, is when something happens that's outside of my control, because I'm normally very in control, I want to respond in fear. But yet you kind of talk about ways that we can operate outside of fear. So would you talk to that a little bit? Rachel, I completely get what you're talking about as a mama. Like, I think too, we're wearing so many different hats, right? So trying to, at least for me, I'm 
I'm trying to be a good mom and maybe help the school. I'm wearing the hat of a great wife. I'm wearing a hat of I got to make dinner. I'm wearing the hat of, you know, here I am with the book. And so it's like we're trying to manage as women all these different roles in our life, daughter, everything. Right. And so then sometimes I don't I don't know about you, but I get stretched thin. Mm -hmm. And so I can tend to react emotionally rather than responding proactively. And what does it look like to respond proactively? Okay. I want to give three different tips that I think can be really helpful, okay? So if we are able to find rest in the Lord's word, rest, for me, it looks like rest. Walk. I like to walk with Jesus. You know, you talk about hearing Jesus. Yes, I like to walk with him and hear him and think about his word and look at nature and just wonder about how amazing he is. And that rest creates an emotional reserve tank where... I am recovering. I'm building up the reserves in my bank so that when my kids come home and they're like, mommy, you didn't make a snack. I'm like, what am I? You're a servant? You know, that doesn't come out of me. But I'm like, you know what? I have a reserve in my tank so I can say, you know what? You're right. I didn't make a snack, but let's, what would you like now? Do you want popcorn or do you want pudding? You know, whatever. You know, I don't have to be reactive to that. So rest, building that emotional reserve, like a bank. You need a lot of reserves in there. And listen, I I understand some of you right now are saying, okay, Kelly, you don't understand my life. You don't know how busy I'm going. I have to work during the day. I pick up the kids at four. I don't even have a second. The Lord knows the situation that you're in. And so your rest could be 10 minutes in the bathroom with the door locked with the word of God. (laughs) And he will work in that. He knows what you're dealing with. He will supply all your needs according to the glory, glorious riches that we have in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's the first one, rest. Number two, Rachel, I think really helpful is to, to be proactive rather than defensive. And so how do we do that? We can go back and sit down with the Lord and say, God, what are the things that are tr- tend to trigger me? Okay, so for me, if my kids start accusing me of things and like, you're not, you're not a good mom, you're not doing this, you're not do that, maybe little girl Kelly who was accused as a child can come out and I can get really sensitive and be like, I'm not a good mom. I'm messing up, you know? But if I go and sit with the Lord beforehand and I say, when my kids are doing this, Lord, what's the truth? And I hear God's heart. I then remember their issues are about them. They're not about Kelly Bellari. It's not even about me. Normally it's about something that happened to them at school or it's they're hungry, they're tired, whatever it may be. And so I can say, okay, when that happens, Next time, because I'm being proactive, I'm being on the offensive, not the defensive, how do I want to react? And what are the truths that I need to tell myself? And I can prepare in advance. Rachel, in the book, we have a, a two-step start, stop, start process that people are going to learn how to take thoughts captive. Doing this is part of the process. Uh, the third way that thing I can do that can be super helpful is in responding versus reacting is say my kids again are saying, mom, you didn't make a snack for me. Okay. Sometimes my mouth wants to move faster than God's heart. Yeah. Okay. Shut it. Eat trap it. Okay. That's what I need to do. Zip it. Zip it. The lip it. Okay. So just taking a second. I don't need, you all can tell, I talk pretty fast. I don't need to let my mouth move before God's heart for my children moves. I can just close my eyes for a second. Like they can wait. You know, Lord, what is your heart right now? And a lot of times I'll just hear like love or peace. Like they just need a word of peace. And that my peace, Jesus said, my peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. Jesus's peace is always available to me. Sometimes I just need to close my eyes and just say, God, 
she said, I just received your peace right now that I can speak peace right now. And then I can say, y'all, mommy's going to take a couple minutes to make snack. Why don't you guys just go rest in the other room and I'll bring it to you in a minute. And then I can just pray a little bit more while I'm making whatever it is I'm making. So the three keyword reminders are rest, build that rest reserve, remind yourself and sit with the Lord and discover past triggers. And then take a second to pause before responding. No, that's so helpful. You know, I think that that is a challenge for a lot of moms. Even just the idea of rest can feel overwhelming sometimes because like you said, like so many moms are wearing so many hats and they almost feel, I I can speak from my own experience, it almost feels like I'll feel guilty if I try to rest because I have all these things in the back of my mind that I need to do or things staring at me, dishes or laundry or whatever it is. And so I know that for me and my experience, and and it's one of the things you talk about in the book, is that that actual practice of taking those thoughts captive has really been helpful in kind of changing those negative, whether they're lies of the enemy or negative behavior patterns. And so I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. You, You know, you say that your life has really been changed by changing your thoughts. So... Could you just share maybe your personal testimony of of what it means to take those thoughts captive in your life and how that's changed your life? Absolutely, Rachel. I think I didn't know Jesus, then I came to know Jesus, and then I just like flooded myself with memorizing his word and just trying to be a good Christian, like loving everyone I could, going all out, believing that I needed to be like this picture of this amazing Christian girl, you know, doing church stuff, right? And I looked really, it's like that, uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you know, you look all, you know, white on the outside, but inside you're, you're like a dirty cup. And I think recently, it was probably maybe about a year ago, I went to a church And the pastor spoke and I was condemning his message in my mind. And then I was looking around at the people who were there and I was judging them. And then I was totally emotionally annoyed at my kids. And and I was like, I would spend time with God in the morning and I'd be all have his word in me. And I'd be looking like, oh, yeah, I memorized this or, you know, I know this about you. I'd write in my journal, all this stuff. But then by lunchtime, like in this scenario, I turned into the biggest jerk, you know, inside my, my mind. Nobody would know that I was doing this. I looked like I was praising on the outside, and yet I was a completely different story on the inside. And so I think sometimes what I had to realize was there's this gap between what I'm professing and what I'm internally possessing. There's a gap between where I am and where God's word says I should be. There's a gap between his truth and what my mind is really thinking. There's a gap between his word and what it is and how I'm operating inside of me. And so many of us may be professing God's word, but are we possessing it? I think that at the end of the day, I had to come to terms with a little bit, Rachel, that I was a slight bit of a hypocrite. (laughs) And my husband be like, Kelly, you write all this stuff down in your journal, but are you living it? And so really what taking thoughts captive is all about is it's moving us from the truth of God's word that we have not yet realized. We may have realized it in our mind, but I'm talking about owning it in your heart, living it through being the hands and feet of Jesus. Not only having God's word that it's something that you know about, where, but having God's 
God's word where you know it and you live it. And his word has become your word and his thoughts are your heart. So much so that when you come to love people, you're not doing it out of obligation or because you feel like you have to, but because you're literally feeling the love of Jesus flowing through you, um, that you are so dead to yourself and alive to Christ that it's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who is alive in and through you. It's a great grand transference from mind to heart from soul to being. And it can only come as literally you, I, I, it only came to me as I submitted my mind to the mind of Christ and said, okay, I am fully giving myself over to being wholly controlled and filled by his Holy Spirit. What has the result been for my life, Rachel? I am connecting with God's heart in ways that I never have before. I am feeling, you know, it says that we have Christ is alive in us. I just went to a speaking event and one of the girls came up after me after the event was done and she looked at me. She said, Kelly, I don't want you to go from me. I don't want to leave your presence. Like I, it is so good to be near you. I don't know what it is, but I don't want you to go. And I said, this is not me. I like, I gave my life up to Jesus. I'm never a living testimony. What you're experiencing right now is not Kelly Bellari. It's Christ in me, who is the hope of glory. And this, Rachel, is where I'm talking about where we're dead to ourselves and alive to Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When we take our thoughts captive, suddenly it's no longer us who is alive anymore. The people feel Jesus's love. They know Jesus is speaking to, to them through his word. They feel us when we pray for them. They feel that really Jesus is there and he's talking to them. They are inundated with God's word truly being something that moves in their lives. And it really does take down strongholds. It truly, we are able to demolish arguments. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 3, 3 to 5, which says that we have divine powers to destroy arguments. And suddenly pretensions that are set up from against the knowledge of God come down because we've taken our thoughts captive, Jesus moves out from us. People see Jesus. And I hope that I'm able to convey the magnitude of this because it is huge. And it is literally a whole different ballgame to the walk of faith. Some people might be saying like, I don't know. I want more of God. Well, this is it. This is it. It's changed my life, Rachel. Yeah. You know, I think you hit on such an important, powerful point. And one of the things that I did want to kind of talk about is just this idea of spiritual warfare and how it kind of plays into, you know, when we're talking about exchanging the lies of the enemy for the mind of Christ, the enemy would want us to be bound. And so there's not just our internal thought dialogue that's going on, but there's this whole spiritual battle that's going on, too. And so you said you experienced a little bit of spiritual warfare even while writing this book. Like, how did you navigate that? And why do you even think that that happened? So thank you for asking that because it's so true. A lot of times we might internalize spiritual warfare. or I might internalize it and say, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? Rachel, when I wrote this book, it was like there was a foggy cloud above me. Sometimes I couldn't even think straight, you know? And I think traditionally, if I wasn't writing this book about the mind of Christ, right, exchange lies the enemy for the mind of Christ, I would have gotten thrown off by that. And I, so many times I was about to quit writing the book. I was like, I cannot think, I cannot do this. But the truth is, God says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I'll make your path straight, right? So 
did God even need Kelly Bellari's understanding to to move in this book? Did he need me to have a perfect mind, sense and reason, which he talks about in Roman eight? That's what the flesh mind is, a sense and reason. No, he just needed a submitted mind, a willing mind. He doesn't need my understanding. And so, Rachel, during that time, I had that fog in my head, which I had to keep on pressing through. Number one, I had that. Number two, I had a situation where I don't even know what happened, but I could not walk. I was struck down with some pain in my foot. I had to get on crutches and I couldn't walk. Okay, so this is what it looks like. For some people who are listening to this this podcast right now, you may feel like the enemy has crippled you and you can't walk, you can't think, you can't go, you can't talk. Everything you do is hindered. I want to just encourage you today. Just keep on walking. Just keep on talking. Just keep on going. Just do it anyway. This book got finished, it got released, and I looked at this book and I said, God, my words in this book were horrible, but I felt Jesus encouraging me. Kelly, you may feel your words were horrible, but my words in it are mighty and strong, and they will pull strongholds down. And I thought, this is probably the best book I've ever written, because it's not about my word. It's all about his word, and his word is enough, and his word is effective, and his word is powerful. And so some of us just need to come out of ourselves. We need to come out of our own worry our own fear, our own emotions, because it's not even about us. It's all about him. And when we move out of that place and we just stand on his word, the raw naked truth of what his word is, then we become the most powerful because Paul said, I didn't, I work very hard not to rely on my own strength. It's not even about us. There's this grand transference that I keep on talking about. It's like God is more than enough to do everything he wants to do. And so I just say, Now, when I look at warfare, I'm like, there it is. There it is. But guess what? I don't struggle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and the powers of this dark world in the heavenly realms. And God says, I have divine power to demolish strongholds. And one of the greatest weapons and one of the greatest weapons that we use on in the book, take every thought captive, is prayer. The power of prayer It's like lurching or throwing a fireball on the enemy. The word of God, we throw that fire on him and he can't stand against it. And so I love equipping women with the power of God's word that takes down the strongholds of the enemy and and the rulers and the authorities that would come against us having clear passage, walking with the way, the truth and the life in our mind, the word of God. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I think, you know, we tend to think, you know, just just in its human nature, I think a lot of people tend to think that prayer is, for a lot of situations, one not necessarily the first thing that we do. You know, we will we will think about it in our mind, we'll stew on it, we'll worry. We might talk to our girlfriends or our husband, and then we get to a place where finally we'll say, "Okay, well, I'm going to pray about it." And one of the things that I think would be really helpful is if we kind of changed that dynamic and went to God first, because that's where the power is. I mean, even. Even in the situations that we're seeing now, like I think one of the things I hear from a lot of women right now is even turning on the news is so discouraging because the news cycle is just constantly full of just garbage, just, you know, so discouraging. But yet for me, you know, not that I like the news, but it does clue me in on how we are to pray, not just for my local community, but and the body of Christ, but for our nation and even for our leadership you know, the the power of prayer, I think, is not something to be seen as a last resort. I think we need to kind of flip the narrative on that and and make sure that it's one of our, you know, number one defenses. So so I love that you are kind of pointing women back to prayer. What can you say readers would take away from 
some practical things you'll take away from reading the book, Taking Every Thought Captive. Rachel, I love reading books. And there's some books where it's like you read it and it tells people stories and you're like, oh, that's great. And you get some subjective information. But the book, Taking Every Thought Captive, I want it to be a field guide, a handbook, a manual, a practical get into your world guide to understanding how to take thoughts captive. And so I've written down a very practical, systematic approach to taking thoughts captive. I have a worksheet that goes with that. There are tangible and practical steps to changing your whole thought life because we all know, right? We are what we think. And so what we believe forms our thoughts. Our thoughts form our responses and reactions and our habits. And our habits literally make up our life and our relationship. So everything has to do with coming back to the thoughts. We need to harness our thoughts to really receive the truth of God's word as the formation of our beliefs. And so this book is going to be one you underline. It's going to be one you participate with. It's one that gets all up in your story. It's one where God's word gets all up in you. It's one that is going to change your life and transform your mind and help you to, again, be able to test and approve what the will of God is, what what he has that's good for your life, what he has that's pleasing for your life, and what he has for that is perfect for your life. Well, kind of my hope and my, my belief is it's going to rise up to the surface in your life so that you can live abundantly, not being, you know, yoked back to the spirit of slavery, but set free by the spirit of God. Oh, that's so powerful. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait for our readers to uh, get their hands on this book. I'm so thankful for your obedience, even in the middle of some spiritual warfare and just kind of the ways of the enemy would try to keep your mouth shut. I'm so thankful for your obedience to stepping into that because I think it's so common that so many women struggle with it. So I would love it if you would pray for our audience. You know, one of the things that I always do is I, I try to pray for our audience because I think there is a difference between head knowledge and there's a difference between heart knowledge. And what I want for the women to, that are listening today to take away is recognizing that this isn't just something we're talking about because we just wanted to, you know, chit chat. We're, we're saying this because we really want women to get this because it's about getting on the other side of this is about freedom for them so they can step into the calling that God has for them and, and to even be the women that God has called them to be without some of the ways that the enemy tries to hold us back. And so I would love it if you wouldn't mind um, if you just would take a couple moments to pray for some of our listeners today. Father God, I just thank you that you are a good father. I just want to thank you for where every one of your daughters sits right now, God. I even even in the hard places, God, even when their people are in discouragement, discouragement because relationships aren't working out well, or defeat because what they thought was going to happen hasn't happened yet, or doubt because they want to believe God's word, but it's hard, God. You see every single daughter right where she is. And God, thank you that Jesus's resurrection life power Thank you that it saved us for eternity. But God, I know that I know because I've seen it for myself. Your resurrection life power is still working and it's still pulling us out of pits and it's still saving and it's still reforming our mind. God, your word is your word to us. Your word is more than enough to keep us 
to renew us, God. You are faithful to your word to perform it. And so wherever there's been discouragement, God, I pray that right now you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would exchange that for hope. Wherever there's been doubt, I pray in exchange for faith, God. I pray, God, for this truth about taking thoughts captive, whether it's through my book or however else you want to do it, Lord. God, I ask that you give us power to use those the, the weapons that you have given us to demolish arguments and pretenses set up against the knowledge of God. God, we want to know you more and love you more. I ask you to help us to take every thought captive and to make it obedient to Christ. God, give us an alarm in our mind. Make it alarming when the enemy is sounding his bells and trying to spout his lies and dole out his untruths, God. I ask that you would just set an alarm in our mind and that we would be able to yield to the Spirit of God and walk by the Spirit and talk by the Spirit and release the love of God. Lord God, I ask you to make it evident in our mind when the enemy is speaking or when God is speaking. And I just pray that the peace of God would guard every heart and mind in Christ Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Kelly. I would love to be able to share with our all of our listeners where they can find you, where they can get a copy of your book and how they can follow along with your ministry. Thank you so much, Rachel. So my book, Take Every Thought Captain, is available on Amazon or pretty much wherever books are sold. I have a whole bunch of like awesome little prayers and resources at the website itakethoughtscaptive.com. So that's itakethoughtscaptive.com, or you can check out itakeeverythoughtcaptive.com. Those are great places to get resources. And I blog at PurposefulFaith.com, and I love speaking at churches or to women's groups all around the nation, so that's always fun. And I think that about covers it. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a joy to have you. Thank you, Rachel. It's been such a blessing to be here and to be with all my sisters and potentially some brothers, too. (laughs) Thanks. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things. We hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. 
And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.